listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. Welcome to Earth Oddity Podcast. We didn't discuss who was doing the intro until we hit record. I just clicked record and then pointed to John. Yeah, so it's my turn to bring the show in. <laughs> Hope everybody had a good week. Uh, we're recording on time. We are. Yeah, on the right, correct day. So the podcast will come out on the correct day. Well, maybe day. a tad late. I did have to go to a birthday party. That's right. A three-year-old birthday yeah. party. Tiny been partying all afternoon. <laughs> He's hopped up on cupcakes and Kool-Aid. Was it? What was the... Something in Mountain Dew with yeah. the kid in oh, Talladega yeah. Nights. That's right. <laughs> yes. But uh so yeah, I've been been birthday partying with his nephew. Happy birthday, Roland. Yes, that's yeah. it. Oh. Glad he made it to three. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years old is pretty fun age, especially for parents. For parents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That's good. You know, you only like three from birth to five is like the sweet period mm-hmm. you know i mean you gotta do a lot of work when they're at that age but it's fun like your kids still like you and everything yeah i think some of that is we tend to look back on that and remember the good stuff right which yeah. is a lot yes yeah, great and not remember you know like eli you know sweetest kid that could be sure but he ran everywhere uh-huh. and i was constantly you know i had to constantly yeah. be on the move to keep him from running out into the street yeah. Whatever. No, you know? I know. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Jumping off a cliff. You do forget all the hard stuff. That's mm-hmm. why, like we discussed last week, you'll have another kid. You forget how hard <laughs> it is because it's so amazing. It, yeah. it erases all of the hard stuff. But when you think about the hard stuff, you're like, wow, this is really difficult. <laughs> but anyways, um, so how has the past four or five days been for you? Uh, they've been fine. Yeah. No complaints. I went camping in Malville. Nice. Greatest spot. People are from not around here may not know, but Moundville was the Big Apple of the Mississippian era. At really, one time. at one time, the largest city north of Mexico in North America. Um, <clears throat> so and that was before we the Spanish out there. got here. Yeah, oh, they had really died off. That whole uh, it it wasn't a city when. DeSoto came through, mm-hmm. you know, like there wasn't people living there or anything. He was like, they were like this when I got here. I yeah. promise. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really know why they left. Yeah. You know, they don't know what happened. I, my theory is they used up all the natural resources around them because mm-hmm. it was such a major. I mean, uh, who knows? Hundreds of thousands of people were living there. And at some point, you're like, well, there's no trees left for us to build with or to burn or anything like that. And with no trees, there's no animals to hunt. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, they probably hunted that whole place out. And then by the time like white folks like us got there, it had been 300 years or so. This is a great spot for a neighborhood subdivision. People planted like corn on the mounds and cotton and all that and you know they probably had no idea and if i understand this correctly like if you go to moundville and Mm -hmm. they they keep it it's looking nice now sure but there's more mounds yeah they just don't have cleared off and stuff right there's some and there were some mounds that were destroyed Mm -hmm. you know they know there was a mound there but Mm -hmm. there's no existing mound because somebody decided to flatten it out or whatever for a while we dug up a whole bunch of dead humans and had them on display in the museum that's right right, for elementary school (laughs) kids to see 
they somewhere I was explaining that to one of the other adults with them. Yeah. <laughs> it was like somewhere probably, you know, mid nineties, they were like, Hey, this is probably not cool. You know, somebody's yeah. ancestors, we need to give them a proper burial. And they that so they being said, that was the greatest it was second so cool. grade field trip yeah. I ever went on. It was so cool. They take you in a room and you get to look down into a pit and see yeah. a whole bunch of human skeletons That's on right. display. And uh, they also have like a little Indian, well, Native American village that you can go through and see how the people of the time did it looks things. exactly today yeah. yes. as it did when I was a kid. The mannequins. Have not changed it at all. The mannequins are in the exact same position they were in in second grade. And they look really horrible. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like, can we not upgrade the mannequins out here? <laughs> like, can we get some funding? It costs money. The University of Alabama owns it, which is the crazy thing, which I, I kind of think is a good thing that they haven't decided to turn it into some sort of money making venture, mm-hmm. which is surprising that the university hasn't developed a game day Mount Bull <laughs> RV parking experience and shuttle bus to football games or that whatever. That would be an amazing place to, <laughs> I, I mean, it'd be to awesome. set up your RV on game days. But you don't want a bunch of drunk football fans wandering around an archaeological site, too, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't dig or anything like that. You you can't have fires outside of designated rings, all those rules that drunk football fans would certainly not pay attention to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing to me the university hadn't turned it into some money-making venture and made it this big, huge attraction or whatever. But if you're ever in west-central Alabama, Moundville's a place to visit. It's impressive. You're like, these people built these huge mounds with, like, wicker baskets and dirt. Yeah, you know? they did. That's how they did it. And they would cap them over with clay. And then when they decided to make them a little bigger, they'd build it up a little bit more and cap it over with clay. This is pretty awesome. And they didn't they bury their family members in it's, the mounds? In too? some of them. Most okay. of the mounds at Moundville are ceremonial mounds or were they think. Now they talk that like this is fact, and I don't know, you know, but they think that's where like the uh elites of the people group built mm-hmm. their houses, you know. Did they they didn't they have a Written language, they didn't, did they? No, but they had several like uh, symbols and, you mm. know, like the rattlesnake disc and all yes. that stuff. Because I remember last time I went, which was not all too long. I think it uh, last year, mm-hmm. I think I took my family on a picnic there. Yeah. And we went through the little museum and everything. And they got this huge display all about their religion, like what their religious beliefs and right. constellations and all this stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, if they didn't have a written language, how did they figure all this out? Because it's very, you know, very specific. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things, and I didn't ask this question because my joke about the railroad didn't go over. Because <laughs> there's a railroad track that kind of runs around the outside of it. And I made the joke that it was a perfect place for the Native Americans to build a city because they had access to the railroad, you mm-hmm. know. And nobody laughed. And I thought I was <laughs> stupid and like I was being serious. But also, a lot of the iconography, how do you say that word? I I think you had it right. Iconography. (laughs) Iconography looks very similar to like the Aztecs and the Mayans in Central America, you know? Which you would think that perhaps there was some overlap. I mean, it's not like they just never went anywhere, did they? My working theory, because the Cherokee have an origin story of coming out of South America, is that that were people groups working their way north out of South America. Mm -hmm. But the lady who gave us the tour 
was like, no, nah, they came across the Bering Strait <laughs> straight to here, you know, like a beeline to West Alabama to build an impressive society. They were Russians, yeah, ancient right. Russians. Ancient <laughs> Russians invading. We'll see a pattern. <laughs> but I think they may be connected to the Mayans and the Aztecs somehow. I don't know, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no real basis for that other than I'm just like a stupid redneck going, well, this snake looks like a snake I saw in a, a Discovery Channel documentary or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they, they have like a winged serpent mm-hmm. and they're like, this was their god that they worshipped. And right. I'm like, well, what if he was like their mascot for yeah. their football team? The, like, how do we know they worshipped him? There's a lot of that where they talk about like this fact <laughs> yeah. and you're like, how do you really know that? Yeah, maybe but, they just thought winged serpents were cool. Right. The most fascinating thing to me is the rattlesnake disc, which isn't there, by the way. It's on tour. They're like the Smithsonian is doing some mm-hmm. sort of tour, and they loaned it out. But in the middle of that is the the palm the with the eye with the eye in it, yeah. which is like across many cultures and religions throughout the history of world of the world has used that symbol, mm-hmm. and including Christianity and what's the correlation there? You know, like that's what I, I think we need to be trying to figure that out. It's the out. pineal gland. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Or like, you know, like it's big in Hinduism, you know, and why does, why is that big in Hinduism and why was it big in native people culture throughout North America too? What was the movie that's got a guy who like, there's an eyeball in his hand. I have no idea. He like stabs it out. I have no idea. Huh. I wish I could remember that. That's going to kill me. Right into the show and tell me what horror movie <laughs> I'm thinking of where the dude I wasn't a big had horror eyeball movie in guy. his hand. Anyways, to say all that to say, Malville's awesome, just like the rest of the state of Alabama, outside of our education system <laughs> <laughs> and state government. But outside of that, we got a lot of cool stuff here. And Malville's one of those places. And I spent the night. Two nights in a row, basically a full moon both nights in the Indian graveyard, and nothing bad happened to me. So there we go. I'm doing good. How about some odd news? Oh, I got I got some doozies. I got a story about Kanye, who everybody loves, including my 14-year-old, the dodo bird. Okay. And we're going to talk a little Ukraine invasion stuff. Good. So. Okay. Well, I have... A story about the Orbeez Challenge. I have a story about alcohol-free bars, but okay. I want to start with this one. A uh, little robot update. We don't have any like robot theme music or anything. But, Just uh, use the Elon Musk and stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't used that in a long yeah. time. Robot truckers could replace 500,000 jobs in the U.S. Okay. Now, I think we've talked about this before. We have. Because we know that that self-driving cars aren't here yet. But they're close. But they're close. They're closer now than they ever have been. They're getting better and better. Right. And it's just, it's always been my thought that when we get self-driving cars, you think it's not going to be long before we have self-driving trucks. Yes. Yeah. No, that's true. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait till the self-driving trucks block up the Canadian border. <laughs> when they don't want to receive a firmware up, upgrade. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this comes from Bloomberg, and it says, The robots will take the most tedious, most dangerous jobs first in most things, and trucking is no exception. Autonomous driving engineers are squarely focused on long-haul freight the interstate runs with almost no complexity, save for a slow curve or an easy pass lane. As such, these routes are some of the simpler challenges on the self-driving spectrum. The biggest hurdle may be infrastructure. 
The short trip from a factory or distribution center to an interstate is far is usually far more complicated than the several hundred miles. The same is true once the machine exits the interstate. One solution is for trucking companies to to maybe set up transfer stations at either end. So like mm-hmm. get short haul truckers to take the load to the interstate and right. then the robot takes it from there. Yeah. Such a system, according to a new study out of the University of Michigan, could replace about 90% of human driving in U.S. long-haul trucking, which is the equivalent of roughly 500,000 jobs. Okay. That seems problematic. (laughs) Well, I was about to say, I mean, it's great if you're rich. Sure. (laughs) If if you own a trucking company, this is good for you. Yeah. It'll cut your overhead down. But it makes you wonder, like, what what would that do? I mean, it's going to put some people out of work. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to figure out another avenue to make money. When we talked to truck drivers, literally everyone said, yeah, this part of the job can be automated, explained. Uh, I can't say some uh, Mr. Mohan, a PhD candidate in engineering at and public policy at Carnegie Mellon University and co-author of this study. We thought that they would be a bit more dubious. I know every time I'm at work and I bring this up around guys who, who maybe truck on the side, they're like, that'll never happen. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, how how are they going to back into a loading dock and all, you know, can they do that? You know, like I, mean, a, I guess some you point I it, would think they could. Yeah, I guess you get it to the yard or wherever you're going to deliver and then some guy can get in and back it up. Mm-hmm. You know, then you cut out all the labor you'd are paying in between. Spots. Yeah, you're not paying a dude like however much they make a mile yeah. to take it. Right. Such yeah. such. You're just paying a dude, I don't know, eight dollars, nine dollars an hour. Yeah. Who's working on the dock to, to back yeah. it in. Says uh, there are, however, a handful of big ifs. For one, the autonomous systems would have to figure out how to navigate in crummy weather far better than they can now. Okay. So that's you know like super like storms and maybe the uh, you know internet connections bad or something. I can see how that could be True. an issue. Second, regulators in many states still haven't cleared the way for robot rigs. Finally, there's the infrastructure to consider. All transfer stations where cargo could pass from the caffeine fueled analog to algorithms. Still, if trucking companies focused only on America's Sunbelt, they could fairly easily offset 10% of human, human driving, the study shows. If they deployed the robots nationwide, but in warmer months only, half of the country's trucking hours could go uh, autonomous. Well, wow. uh, It's happening already, but in a fairly limited way, said Parth Vishnov, a climate and energy assistant professor at Michigan and co-author of the study. There are about 3.3 million truck drivers in America, though many don't stay in the in the trade for very long. The long haul jobs in particular are some of the worst. Not only are they protracted and tedious, but they are among the lowest paid gigs. Long haul truckers are on the road for about 300 days a year and they make around $47,000. Okay. Well, if you live out of your rig, you don't have like a home cost, but of course you Probably got a family and all that. That you never see. That you never see (laughs) in a double wide out back of your mama's place at home. I understand. Uh, Short haul routes can be trickier, and as such, they pay better and attract more experienced drivers. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you're going in some weird places, I bet, Hmm. you know. Not surprisingly, the long haul workforce tends to turn over entirely every 12 months or so. At the moment, the industry is short about 61,000 drivers, according to the American Trucking Associations. In our imagination, we see these as middle-class jobs, but that hasn't been the case for a while now. 
The driver shortage is so bad that American trucking companies are now trying to import drivers to ease what has become one of the uh, most acute bottlenecks of the supply chain crisis. Where do you import drivers from? <laughs> well, you know, like is there I mean, like one country that specializes in in eighteen wheelers? Okay, this is just crazy. Okay, I haven't looked at the numbers. I'm not an accountant, but if if there's such bad paying jobs, could we maybe just try paying a little more? Well, yeah, to attract more drivers. No, I think that would be the first step you would do, right? <laughs> no, we're going to import them. Sure, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, trucking companies got to make money too. Uh, truck lobbyists are also seeking to lower the minimum age for interstate drivers to 18 from 21. Okay. What so. could go wrong? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> really, there's not that big of a gap in maturity from 18 to 21. No. Though. I mean, you can fight well, for your country. There's, there's you can drive even, a big rig. I feel like there's not a huge gap in maturity from 18 to 21, and there's not a whole lot of maturity gap from uh, 16 to 18. True. So why not lower it to 16? Sure. Sure, put Thomas out on a rig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thomas could have got a truck trucking job yeah. instead of working at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, no, his granddaddy owns a trucking company. We just move into the family business. <laughs> so when it comes to piloting an 80,000-pound machine going 75 miles an hour, the choice might come to a robot or a teenager. Which would you rather have all in your fleet, your freight, John? <laughs> uh, depends on the teenager. That's a good, that's a good point. Depends on what about would, just your average teenager? Hey, no, would you I rather would, have a robot or would you rather right. have a kid? I, I would pick, really, I would probably pick the teenager. Here's mm-hmm. my here's my reasoning. I, I respect truckers, okay? I respect yeah. truckers. I respect the troops. My mama was okay? a trucker. You, Tiny's mom is a trucker. <laughs> <clears throat> when I see a trucker on the road, for the most part, I'm like, they've got way more driving experience than I do. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what they're doing. I need to just give them space to do their thing. And there's a decent chance they're super high and alert right, right. now. <laughs> well, that's the thing. All of all of this robot trucker stuff would go away if we would just let truckers to go back to using crank and <laughs> not limiting the hours they can operate on the road. You know? <laughs> yeah. But you would think this will speed up the ability to because they're if robots are doing it, they won't have to take, you know, what is it? They can drive like we need the driver on right now. Mm-hmm. He knows all the regs. Uh, they can drive like whatever, you know, 16 hours uninterrupted, and then they got a break for eight or whatever it is. I don't know. And so a robot can just drive 24-7. It doesn't get tired. Mm-hmm. It's not taking, you know, max alerts and bumblebee pills, all those trucker speed things you see. You don't have to pay it on. You don't have to pay it extra on Christmas. Sure. It's not going right. to gripe about not being some their speed family. up everything. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. Now putting 500,000 people out of work, probably not that good for our economy. And this right here is what, what brings up the whole, like the UBI, right. the universal basic income, which goes against every moral fiber in my being. <laughs> That said, if you put all these people out of work and then we get like a, a food cooking robot yeah. and we got all the minimum wage people out of work. And if if, if we're if we're giving all these jobs to robots, mm-hmm. at what point do we have to? I mean, we have to do something, right? right. There, we, People have to make a live in some way. We're all checking ourselves out at the grocery <laughs> store yeah. now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see your point. Mm-hmm. I know you're big. Yang gang, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that this ideal, like I, I don't want to pay people to stay home 
Sure. But I do think like, uh, I mean, if half the, if half the country can't get a job and the other half is like super rich. Right. Yeah. Something's, something's got to give. We'll just end up as serfs, you know, and like <laughs> yeah. the rich people who own all the robots will like live outside of their house on their lands and mm-hmm. do their bidding for them. That's just how it'll end up. Yeah. yeah. And we'll have a potato famine that'll kill half of us. And <laughs> yeah, that's just the way it goes. But uh, mama's, future looks bright. Mamas, don't let your children grow up to be truckers. <laughs> don't let them grow up to be robots. Teach them to learn Linux. <clears throat> Teach them Linux. So truckers are going extinct. Let's talk about the dodo bird. <laughs> okay. All right. Dodo DNA sequencing raises hope of bringing the bird out of extinction. More than 300 years after the flightless bird became extinct, Scientists at the University of California, Santa Cruz, do you know their mascot? <laughs> what is it? The banana slugs. Okay. Yeah. You I see Santa may- Cruz, baby? Didn't know that. I thought maybe it was the winged serpents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I'm not going to be able to read all of this because it wants me to pay to, to unlock the rest of the article. it! I should have checked on that. <laughs> <laughs> They've sequenced the whole uh, dodo bird genome, raising the possibility that it could be brought back to life. Beth Shapiro, who's probably kin to Ben. <laughs> Is she owning the lib with facts and logic? <laughs> That's right. She's owning the dodo. <laughs> Uh, she's a professor of ecology and evolutionary biology, told the Royal Society of Medicine in a webinar that her group would soon publish the complete DNA sequence of the bird after finding a fantastic specimen in a Danish museum. So they evolved on the Indian Ocean island of Maltrius and were first spotted by Portuguese sailors in 1507. But they went extinct. Oh, they're large and they weigh about 20 kilograms. But they went extinct and the article ends. <laughs> went extinct about 300 years ago. Portuguese sailors were destroyed. Yes. <laughs> but what do you think about them bringing back the dodo bird? Well, I mean, hey, uh, natural selection, natural selection. Let's sure. just bring them back. Well, I mean... What's the worst that could happen? I mean, we're talking. I mean, there are. We've done stories on the show about bringing back the woolly mammoth, yeah, right? Bringing back the dodo. Let's just bring them all back. I would like to know how a dodo tastes. You know, <laughs> it's got to have a good thigh and breast on it. Yeah. You know, let's go down to KFC and pick up a ten-piece dodo bucket. Mm-hmm. It'd be great, personally. How much longer will it be, John, before we have a fast food chain? That specializes in formally extinct, extinct. meat. <laughs> Go get a mammoth burger. Yeah. Yeah. Get some dodo fries. Dodo fries. <laughs> a saber tooth shake. <laughs> what was the Tasmanian tiger? Oh, we yeah. Could eat those two. That's right. I would try any extinct a- animal. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Especially if I was a man of your means. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would try endangered animals, too. I've always wanted to eat a bald eagle, just to be honest with you. <laughs> You know, are they are they endangered? I think they're still in the day. Okay. They're definitely protected. Mm-hmm. But if I can get my hands on one, <laughs> just like see what it tastes like. You know, <laughs> what's more American? I would I would probably be filled up with freedom. You know. <laughs> well, John, uh, how about how do you feel about alcohol free bars? Uh, as a Baptist, I'm all for. <laughs> this should be the only bars we have. Alcohol-free bar in Texas fuels growing sober curious movement. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> sober curious. Yeah. 
<laughs> the uh, the visitation on Monday nights at the local church has been that's right. It's been effective. Well, I, I was gonna say this sounds like uh, an alcohol free bar. Sounds like something one of these like church new churches would do. You know, not an abominational. Yeah, when, I, when I read that headline, my first thought was, how is this different from like the youth group? Yeah. At your local Baptist right. church. And does the uh does Forest Forest Lake Baptist still have their little coffee house and stuff? I don't know, but I tell you when it was open, it was Nehemiah's. Yeah. And it was the bomb. I love it. I liked it. Okay. All right. Because uh their the associate pastor's wife was Eli's speech therapist when he was little, little bitty guy. And so we would take him there, I think on Tuesdays and Thursdays or mm-hmm. something like that. And he would get like an hour of speech therapy. And me and Terry would go to the Nehemiah's. Yeah. And it was it was kind of like a you know a 30 minute date, 30 minute hour date yeah. while while he did his stuff or whatever. Is and, that Aaron? Is that his yes. wife? Okay. All right. I Leo, know. Yeah. Uh, Aaron and Leah. It was yeah. Leah. Okay. Yeah. No, Aaron spoke at the youth group's like Valentine's thing. They took them all to like Logan's Roadhouse or they something. They had a Valentine's thing? Yeah. Okay. Like a Valentine's banquet. Okay. That was a big for the youth groups, you know? <laughs> did, did you you didn't know? I didn't know. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, Aaron spoke. And H- I didn't realize it was him until the church put up some pictures. And Hudson was like, yeah, I didn't realize this guy was speaking. So I put my headphones in. <laughs> and he's like, and then I realized, oh, this guy's giving a talk. He was like, but by then it was too late to take him out. He was like, Is everybody- Not to mention, I was really enjoying Donda. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, man, I know that dude. I said, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> and that's the that's the night that Thomas decided to break up with his girlfriend because she was embarrassing him, and he kept asking her to stop, and she wouldn't do it. So how was she embarrassing him? He said she was saying all this stuff like Jesus was an illegitimate child. <laughs> she was trying to be funny, you know? Yep. You know, I get what she was trying to say. It's yeah. like, you know, Joseph wasn't the real father. I mean, she, he, she has a point, yeah. but, but it's a little banquet, outrageous. Yeah. Church banquet's not the place to be rolling that jokes out. You know? <laughs> yeah. like maybe if you get a podcast with your friend that you do at his house, <laughs> that's where you roll that joke out, you know? And yeah. so Thomas kept asking her to stop, and she wouldn't. You know, and so when he got home, he was like, I'm breaking up with it. <laughs> He's like, this is an illegitimate relationship. <laughs> and so I was like, you're going to break up with her like the day before Valentine's Day. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to break up with her the day before <laughs> Valentine's Day. I was like, what about all that stuff you bought? He's like, I'm keeping it all. <laughs> That's going to be for my new, yeah. my new vein squeeze. And so the next day on Valentine's Day, you didn't pick her up for school. And I was like, did you break up with a, what was her name? Reese. I was like, did you break up with Reese? He was like, no, not yet. I just told her I wasn't picking up from school. And at the end of the day, she had dumped him. And oh, I was okay. Like, okay. Well, that worked out. I was like, that's a win for you, buddy. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't care. I was going to dump her anyways. He's like, I was waiting to do it in person. I was like, okay, cool. Nice. So, yeah, Thomas, heartless. All's well that ends well. Anyways. Anyway, back to alcohol-free bars. Yes. <laughs> Which is a perfect place to roll out your Jesus was an illegitimate <laughs> sure, kid. right. Your bit <laughs> on Jesus being an illegitimate child. Music, conversation, and the sound of glasses clinking all are part of a bar's atmosphere. The Sands Bar in Austin, Texas, which this is such an Austin thing. Sure, right. This is what Californians (laughs) get you, Texans. Offers the same experience with one big exception. The glasses are not filled with alcohol. Chris Marshall opened Sands Bar in 2017 as a place where people can socialize and have fun without the presence of alcohol. 
He says the idea was born out of his own addiction struggles, which started when he was 16. The bar is part of a growing movement known as Sober Curious. <laughs> that's, which, <laughs> that's the funniest thing. <laughs> People are Sober Curious? Brilliant marketing yeah. on the church's right. part. <laughs> yeah, no, Church of Highlands <laughs> yeah. or whatever this is, you know. Says this is a phrase that was coined by author Ruby War- Warrington in 2016. Also wrote two bestsellers about the concept. I wanted to create a term that was non-judgmental and open-ended enough to really give myself permission to explore some of those questions without having to mean anything about my drinking, Warrington told ABC News. It sounds like that's one of those explanations that's just uh, way too wordy for what he's really saying right. there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, I don't get it. I, to me, if you're sober curious, like the way to figure out what it's like is just don't. It's just don't, quit drinking. Yeah, don't drink. <laughs> just don't drink know? for a while. But take a night off yeah. or whatever. And then you're not curious anymore because you know what it's like. Right. And it's horrible. <laughs> it is you the have worst. No fun. Right. We're not having any fun over here. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the times we think about removing alcohol, we think we're losing out. We think we're losing out. We think we're not going to be invited. We think that life's going to become boring and not as fun. Right. John's sentiments. <laughs> John's sentiments, exactly. <laughs> Warrington said, but framing it as could my life be better without alcohol actually opens up the door to all sorts of possibilities. Sure. Yeah. Possibilities like not going home with an ugly woman. Sure. Yeah, there you go. Not destroying your family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All those things. Those not th- blowing your paycheck yeah. in one night. Getting arrested for, <laughs> you know, operating a vehicle under the influence, which still happens a lot. Yeah. You know, considering there's Uber and all. After going to rehab at the age of 23, Marshall said that he decided to give up alcohol and he became an addiction therapist. He said his alcohol addiction got to a point where he began shun- where he began being shunned by friends. Once he got to rehab, Chris realized that he gained a new community of support where he'd never have to feel lonely again. When I went to treatment, I was all alone, and I think that my main motivating factor was that feeling of loneliness. And when I got into rehab, the first thing I heard was someone tell me, you don't ever have to feel lonely again. So this place that we're sitting in today is a direct result of that very real statement and so that someone made to me 15 years ago telling me that I didn't have to be alone. I didn't have to live alone, Marshall said. With $200 in his pocket and a few folding tables, he rented a lot in the back of a hair salon and took the first step toward building the foundation of his zero alcohol bar. People started showing up. People were showing up when we were literally outside because they got the vision of what I was creating. It was not about the drinks, the people and people who came for the drinks, but then they stayed for the community. The pandemic, however, brought some challenges to the establishment without being able to meet in person. He then decided to create virtual happy hours with non-alcohol mixology classes. Oh, so was it out of star sweet tea? You know? It's like uh, Shirley Temple's <laughs> all around. <laughs> uh, at an opportunity, and also an opportunity for people to socialize during isolation. However, the pandemic offered time for people to reflect on their personal choices, including their relationship with alcohol. I think a lot of people, for the first time in their life, were forced with looking at themselves in a way that they never had looked at themselves before. Anyway, this is a very long article. It just goes on and on. It says that, uh, here's some statistics. 
A study published in the journal American Medical Association in September, uh, September 2021 found that the frequency of alcohol consumption increased 14% during the pandemic for women. Binge drinking surged by 41%. Another study by the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, 34% of participants reported binge drinking as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic out of 832 participants 60% reported increased drinking habits, while only 13% reported a decrease. Hmm. So it well, goes on and on. But let me ask you a question. Like, is it a uh, do people drink because they go to a bar to socialize? Or do they drink because they want to drink alcohol? And if there was a bar, no alcohol, would people still go? I mean, I guess they go to this guy's place, but uh, well, I, I don't know. I think people drink for a variety of reasons. Yes, I think the reason you go to a bar is to socialize, and it's not as sad as drinking alone. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're in a room <laughs> full of people drinking, you don't feel as horrible about yourself. Right. Right. That's what I always assume. Mm-hmm. And then let's go. And maybe there's a band playing and you might meet a a person of the opposite sex or the same sex, just depending on how you swing out Depending there. on what bar you're in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard several people go like, it's hard to meet people I, when you're younger outside of the bar scene, mm-hmm. unless you're in the church scene, you know, right. and that's tough to break into a church scene, you know, when you're just wanting to hook up with chicks. Yeah, when you're just trying to find a chick, <laughs> right? That's a tough, you got to make some commitments, you know, it's a lot harder, I think. Yeah. So maybe this will work for him. I guess it's a good, good little idea. Mm-hmm. It's probably just like an extended AA meeting. I would imagine where we can all just get together yeah. and, have fun. I don't get the sober curious people though. Yeah. I also, I feel like the coffee shop was really kind of that same concept in true. a way. Yeah. You know, that's, that's true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I thought the, the reason a lot of people went to coffee shops was because they wanted to socialize, but maybe they didn't want to drink. So instead they went with coffee. I've, I don't know that I've ever been to a coffee shop. Ever? I went to a Starbucks once in Chicago and bought a cup of coffee and drank it outside with Deidre. Okay. And Hudson. Hudson wasn't drinking coffee. Hmm. But uh, I've never been, like, why would I want to hang out in a coffee shop? Like, what's there to do in a coffee shop? For me and Tara, it was just a place for us to do. We well, kill some the, time. Y'all going to the Christian coffee shop? <laughs> well, I was gonna say, and you know what? The reason we were there is because Eli was doing his speech therapy. Sure. If you know, when Eli wasn't in during speech therapy anymore, we quit going. I always assume uh, coffee shops was something for people in big cities. You know, like it mm-hmm. ain't made for people like us, right? Well, like, we a got a yard we can hang out in. Yeah, but that I mean, that being said, there's a lot of coffee shops around here. So yeah, that's true. Heritage House does. They kill it over there. Mm-hmm. They, they're always busy. There's but Heritage House. There's Joyful Java. Oh, I don't even know about that one. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, Is that place still downtown too? Oh, Henry's or whatever? Henry's closed down now. It's Love's. I have been to that shop. one though. I have been to that one. So okay. I lied. I've been to two coffee <laughs> shops. And what did we go? I was with a bunch of guys from church and we went there. Okay. And yeah. then there was another, there's another place downtown. I can't even think of the name of it now, but it was... uh. It's yep. like Bama Coffee or yeah, something. There Bama used to Espresso. be Bama Bean down by us yeah. when we had the restaurant. 
And, and then, then it I, was the Wicked Bean for a while, wasn't it? I don't it remember. I think something. they got in trouble for using Bama, though, or oh, something no, 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 like no. that. Okay, it was, uh, what did you say, the Bama Bean? Yeah, Bama that Bean. That was, they changed it to the Bama Bean after they were the bad donkey. They were the bad were donkey they? coffee shop. Yeah. And they got in trouble for using the other version no, of. Okay, that's two different things, though. That was down on the strip, was Bad A Coffee. I thought bad. I thought bad A turned into Bama Bean after they had to drop the uh-uh, bad A. Because I know the guys who own, or I oh, know okay. one of the guys who owned it. Because the name of their LLC was Naughty Donkey LLC. <laughs> you know, yeah. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Anyway, I, all that yeah. to say, there's a lot of coffee shops around here. I don't so. get it though. Like, what do you do? You just sit there and drink your little coffee, and I, are I, you talking to strangers like you do in a bar? Well, maybe for some people, I do know that like college kids, they like to go there and study, I guess, because they don't want to study in their room. Yeah, right. I could get that. Yeah. Or like in the library. I don't know that the coffee shop would be. Back in the early 2000s, it was a great place to get free Wi Fi. Yeah, true. True. But Wi Fi is everywhere now. So it's not not a big thing anymore. I I don't know. I just don't understand coffee shop culture. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not a coffee guy, though. Like, I drink coffee black. You drink Folgers. Yeah. Out of your drip coffee maker. And that's it. We got a Keurig. Okay. <laughs> Just bought a new one, by the way, because the other one crapped out on us. Uh, but yeah, I, I use a Keurig. Mm-hmm. Recyclable uh, pods because I care about the environment. And that's what we have, too. Yeah. Right. We Some just we don't like all that plastic. Oh, and we don't like all the cost of all those individual pods either. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's really more what it is. That's, that's cheap what it skate. is. <laughs> well, let's talk about somebody who doesn't have to be a cheapskate, and that's Kanye West, my Hudson's favorite human. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, that divorce settlement hadn't got him yet. Well, Which she makes more money than he does. I guess so. so. I don't know. He claims to be a billionaire. The, here's my problem with Kanye, all right? Kanye is the first person to tell you he's a genius. He's yes. like, I'm a genius, you know? And I'm like, man, if you're a genius, you probably don't have to tell everybody you're a genius. We would all just be like, hey, Kanye's a genius. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But maybe he's like me, and he just like credit to Kanye at all times. I don't he know. He does have a super inflated ego. He does. What he is does. the meme? Like, I hope, I hope I can find someone that loves me as much as Kanye loves Kanye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West has been barred from performing at the Grammy Awards due to his concerning online behavior. I don't know if you've kept up with all of Yeah, he he apparently he has been uh super, super unpleased with Pete Davidson right. dating his soon to be yes. ex wife. Um and I know he put out a video where he supposedly like cut his head off or something. I yeah, I don't know. I hadn't seen I that. I hadn't seen it. Yeah. Um West, who is up for five Grammy Awards, was not among the first list of performers announced on Tuesday. He may have been a planned performer. A rep for West sent Variety a link to a story saying only this is confirmed. The rep did not respond to requests for further information, although the Blast report states our sources say Kanye's team isn't surprised by the decision, nor should they be. There are many reasons why Kanye West's performance on live network television would be prohibitively risky, a prohibitively risky proposition. Based on his social media posts and activity in the past few months alone, he might use the stage to continue his online harassment of Pete Davidson, 
his estranged wife, Kim Kardashian's new boyfriend. He could attempt to lobby public sentiment for custody of his children, and he could make some statement in support of accused sex offender Marilyn Manson or unrepentant homophobe DaBaby, both of whom he has featured at recent concerts or listening events. Okay, I've never even heard of DaBaby. <laughs> I've heard of DaBaby, but I don't know. Now, uh, let's see. Oh, it also goes to say he could make more misguided statements about slavery or revive his stumping for former President Trump. So that's really what it all comes <laughs> down say, to. Yeah. Sounds to me like this is just a laundry list of we don't like Kanye for these yes. following reasons. Well, here's the thing. Kanye has apparently been going after Pete Davidson. Yes. Know? But he's not the first ex-husband or jilted husband who hadn't been happy about his wife's ex-wife's mm-hmm. new choice that their kids are going to be around. Right. 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 Kanye, everybody just it's pays attention to Kanye. It's a problem. Yeah. It's right. just, this is like, you know, one of the most famous couples that there, yeah. that there is. <laughs> it is. And so this is out in front of everybody. <laughs> um, it says, perhaps most of all, the report stated the decision was made partially because of concerns over possible interactions between West and Grammy host Trevor, Trevor Noah. West used a slur against Noah in an Instagram post regarding comments the Daily, Ho- Daily Show host made uh, about his split with Kardashian, resulting in a 24-hour ban from the, ban from the platform. Um, in response, Noah wrote, I'll be honest with you, what I see from the situation is a woman who wants to live her life without being harassed by an ex-boyfriend or an ex-husband, or an ex-anything. So I didn't know he went after Trevor Noah. I wonder what slur he used against him. I don't know. I mean, you got to think it's the N-word, right? Well, I thought it would be okay for him to say that word. Yeah, I, I, I would too. You know, like, <laughs> Under society's rules, I thought you could use that word if you were black. Right, yeah. And and especially towards another, yeah. you know, African, well, he's not African-American, but a person of African descent, person I of, guess. of color. Yeah, a person of color. Yes. That's the term I'm looking for. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know all the rules on there because I don't <laughs> use the word. So I don't know right. how it all works. So maybe you maybe you called him the F word. <laughs> That's a big one, too. You can't say that either. Yeah. Or the G word, you know, talking about God. Can't say that in society anymore. <laughs> I don't know, but Kanye's off the Grammys. I know you're disappointed. No, I mean, whatever. I mean, award shows fascinate me. I have not watched an award show. No. Maybe ever. Who are the people? The same people that go to coffee houses are the same people that watch award shows. Has to be. I feel I don't like interact award shows are basically for people in the entertainment industry to get together and pat themselves on the back. Yeah, right. And people tune in and act like this is such, <laughs> so know. amazing. Such a good thing. People are like, oh my goodness, J-Lo killed it on the Grammy. I'm like, mm-hmm. who cares about it? I don't know. I guess if you were, like if the Grateful Dead was playing at the Grammys, I would tune in for that. So maybe it's just that I'm not it's into this stuff. It's basically the Dundies. Yeah. Only for some reason, a bunch of people watch it. <laughs> but that's what it is. Sure. It's Hollywood's version of the Dundies. And Kanye is Pam, and he's been banned <laughs> from the Chili's now, yeah, right? That's it. That's really what's happened. <laughs> it's just we live in a big episode of The Office. Which he should have, if, if they were going to ban him, why didn't they ban him when he went up and uh, took the mic from Taylor Swift? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. That made a lot of people mad, you yeah. know? Uh, it's crazy, but it is what it is. I mean, he's 
he's upset. We see it happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's got a buddy. Is this this dude happens to be Kanye? Yeah, like, right. Super famous. Super famous. Super famous. He's not Rick that works down at the plant. <laughs> no. He came home. His wife had packed up and left, and she's down the road with Jason. Yes. And, and Got took the kids with him, and he's on Facebook going nuts about it. Mm-hmm. This is Kanye West. This is what happens, <laughs> you know. Like it happens every day across America, and Kanye can't be on the Grammys. Yeah. Do we need to call Hudson for commentary? <laughs> yes. You want me to tell you for Let's real? Let's do okay. It. Let me see if he'll answer. <laughs> what's up? What, what's up, boy? I'm doing the podcast. You're on the podcast right now. Why would you call me? Because I need to know what the real deal is with Kanye West and Pete Davidson. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. Okay, so I gotta explain to dad about something. I'll be right back. Who are you okay, talking so, to? Mom. Oh. All right, so basically, what's going on? Kanye or er, Kim divorced Kanye, right? And that was a little while ago. And Kanye never got to see uh, his kids a lot as much as Kim did. Uh, y'all can hear me good? Yes. Okay. And now Pete Davidson is dating Kim's wife, or dating Kim. And Kanye is mad about it because he wants to see his kids. And Pete is getting to see North and Saint and all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of them. I think, I think he has four kids. All I know North and Saint because he talks about them in songs more than Kanye does and he's kind of pissed about that he's also bipolar and he just got a divorce going through a lot of crazy stuff now you got this other dude coming into his life coming into his kid's life when he wants to see his kids and so he's like hey don't do that sure he's overreacting but still Kanye has every right to see his kids as much as Pete and Kim do what what if he's acting like a crazy man on the internet, yeah, should he be able to be around his kids? Like, I think Kanye. I think Kanye needs counseling and a ther- therapist and go on his meds again. But Kanye doesn't want to do that. Well, let me ask this question to you, Hudson. If your mom left me and took y'all, and I was on the internet doing everything Kanye was doing, would you think I need to be around y'all? Who Who would Deidre be seeing? Like, would, like, like, let's say, say she's dating. <laughs> Uh, remember, uh, remember Nick, homeboy Nick. <laughs> she's, dating, she's dating Pete. She's dating Pete. <laughs> yeah, mom left me for Pete Davidson, which she never would. Cause I'm much funnier than him. <laughs> but if she did, she, and I was acting yeah. like that on the internet, do you think I should be around you? I think you need to go to counseling for at least a month or two, and then we we at that point we figure out if you are mature and well mentally well enough you to go see your kids at a time and if you are then you have every right to see your kids half the time because i would assume that's how it works i don't know i've never gotten a divorce no so. i don't recommend it i never have either but i just don't think it's the way to go i got a question uh kim kardashian i would assume she could probably date just about anybody in the world that she wanted to date right except me except except john long right why is she yeah, dating sure. pete davidson i don't know that makes no sense to me. See, Kim, Kim, she needs a rebound. But Kanye, he's just mentally ill. So he just, he's going to hear this podcast. 
Hey, Kanye, 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 Kanye come on. We're huge fans and we want to hear your side of the yeah. story. What if me and Kanye yeah. became bros, Hudson? <laughs> what if we were like, we became best friends? I was hanging out with him. Kanye's going to be my dad then. No, he will <laughs> never be your, I'm your real dad. <laughs> what if I'm mom sure left me I'm for sure Kanye? That's what North is saying right now. I'm hey, sure that's, that's what North is saying. What? what if mom left me for Kanye? That, that'd create, I don't know. Yeah, how would you feel about that? Kanye's going to Moundville camping out with you. Would that be super cool? Mm, I, I, I would just get on a song, uh, start my rap career. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do you have some verses? You want to spit some fire real quick? Yeah, let's get a freestyle. Hey, hey, uh, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Gave him a shot. He blew it. Uh, he Hudson. choked. Come on, mom spaghetti. <laughs> when Hudson talks about hip hop, he turns his whole accent goes to a hip hop. Right. You know, like vernacular and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I keep reminding him he's from the mean streets of Bell Mead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget where you came from, son. <laughs> and we got a Taco Bell right across the street from your house. So. Huh. Anyway, so we got the lowdown from Hudson on Kanye, which just sounds like, like he said, Kanye's got some issues he Mm -hmm. needs to work through. I don't think mental illness, and I've had this discussion with Hudson about Kanye, should be an excuse for acting like a butthole, though. You know? Like, you can can have some stuff wrong and still not act like a butthole and harass people, right? I think it depends. Well, here's when we say mental illness, I feel like that has very much become a blanket term. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we attribute to mental illness. Very true. Like, I think mental illness could be used to excuse someone who is like, you know, seriously mentally ill. Right. To the point where they need caretakers because they routinely, like, you know, throw their poop at people or something like that. You see what I'm saying? Like, I think that could excuse that. I don't but, know. I'd still be like, look, man, <laughs> you ain't got to throw it at us, you know? But Kanye seems remarkably successful. Yeah. For someone. Yeah. You, you could, you should probably, if you need meds, get, get on right. your meds, get your count, get some counseling because right. we can't excuse you well, beheading the, people in music videos. The elites have gotten after him since he came out and supported Trump. Mm hmm. You know, that's just what's been going on. They're trying to tear him down. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens to everybody. Oh, they did it to Bannon, Steve Bannon. You know, (laughs) they do it to all of them. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Uh, I get here's the here's the little nice, neat little bow I would put on that story. The Kanye Kim situation is no different. Than your coworker situation. Sure. They just happen to be super a, famous. a super famous couple. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly what this is, you know? We and, had a situation at the church where uh there was a, a young couple. Uh-huh. And the husband, well, first of all, like his current wife had been his former mistress. Yes. But then after having a little baby with her, he goes and has a baby with somebody has, else. Has, he knocks another woman up. Which Deidre took care of that baby. Very <laughs> awkward. Not to mention, while she's knocked up, he was like hitting on one of the other yeah. ladies in the Sunday school class. Right. Yeah. So, He's uh, what we would call, I think they label him a horn dog. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like he just unnecessarily horny. 
So I'm just saying these type situations, they happen all the time. Yeah. This just happens to be famous people. Super, happening super <laughs> famous. Well, we've all had our buddy get his feelings hurt. And this is exactly what it is. Kanye is the guy you work with who's not getting to see his kids. And mm-hmm. he blames his ex-wife and her boyfriend about it. And his ex-wife is dating some other guy who is like not funny, but for yeah. some reason, killing it as a comedian. Pete Davidson has butthole eyes. <laughs> you know, like that blew up on the internet a few years ago. That's all I can think about when I see. I mean, it. don't look. I don't want to. I don't want to speak ill of him, but I just I don't get why he's famous. He's like I, you said. He's, he's not on that Saturday funny. Night Live. Yeah, that's it, right? Saturday Night Live. Who, who's still watching Saturday Night Live these I don't days? Know. I don't. I'm, nobody does. Apparently, I don't right. guess so. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't pretend to be up on the hip culture, you know, like what people younger than us like. Right. They, he may be the most hilarious person of them. I don't know. I mean, I've seen a few of his sketches, and uh, no offense, because he's he's no less funny than everybody else on that show. Sure. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't either. How about this, John? There's a new social media challenge. Okay. <laughs> Maybe this could inject uh, some some life into Kanye's career. Okay. The Orbeez challenge is okay. now causing harm in parts of Georgia and Florida. Police warn. Orbeez challenge. Yes. This comes from NPR. Okay. There has been Tide Pods challenge, the Kylie Jenner lip challenge, the cinnamon challenge. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one? I do. Uh, now there is the Orbeez challenge. The latest viral social media trend is gaining traction on TikTok and has police across the U.S. warning their communities of the potential dangers. Like the viral challenges before it, police say that people are getting hurt from the innocuous-sounding Orbeez challenge. Police in Ferdina Beach, Florida, shared on Facebook that the new trend is influencing people to shoot soft gel Orbeez balls at citizens with a gel ball gun or an airsoft gun. TikTok posts using hashtag Orbeez challenge show people playing with these small gel balls, but in other posts, people share videos of themselves shooting others with the gun firing, filled with the gun filled with Orbeez balls. Like the Orbeez website, the manufacturer is advertising a new playset product based on the challenge. It seems unaware of the negative turn the viral trend has taken. Spinmaster, the manufacturer of Orbeez, told NPR in a statement, Children's product safety is paramount at Spinmaster, and we are committed to providing children and their families with the highest quality toys, games, and activities. Spinmaster does not manufacture or sell gel guns. So apparently okay. they, just, they just make the, the Orbeez. make it like a potato gun, I guess. <laughs> I guess. You know? It went on to say that Orbeez are designed for educational, creative, and sensory play and are not intended to be used as projectiles or inserted into mechanisms. Police in Ferdina Beach said that their post said in their post that shooting Orbeez balls could cause injury if striking a person at high speed or in a sensitive area such as the eyes or groin. I added the groin part. <laughs> sure. That's where you're aiming for sure. <laughs> this trend also has the potential to cause fear or panic as some of these gel blaster guns could be mistaken for actual firearms, but not by anybody. Like, come on, who's really t- who's really thinking that these? Well, I don't know. Like, once you get hit with one of his stings, you <laughs> might just quick draw. I mean, look at this. Look at this pose. This picture in the post. Okay, here. all right. Yeah, that that looks... just seems like a Nerf gun, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> but if somebody's hanging out a window at night with that, and you don't know, 
and they're firing, you better return fire. You know, <laughs> like sorry, I killed a, a group of teenagers in a car, officer, but they were shooting first. Says police have also warned that these incidents bring serious criminal charges for the people involved in the shootings, who may think that they, that they what they're doing is a game. Elsewhere in Florida, police shared on Wednesday that deputies arrested a 19-year-old in Deltona who shot at an Amazon delivery driver, hitting him in his glasses and his neck. Oh, wow. All while he was driving. The same shooter involved in that case also shot another random adult and a 10-year-old child in the face and chest. Deputies identified and arrested the suspect, charging him with shooting into an occupied vehicle, child abuse, and two counts of battery, according to the sheriff of Florida's Volusia County. Well, you know, Tiny... It, it, it goes on and on, but you know what? I just... Last week, I got a call from the principal of county, like a robocall. Yeah. And he was talking about people bringing splatter. He The term he used was splatter guns to school and shooting people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I assumed it was paintball, you know, like. Right. You know, that's that would be the logical conclusion. I bet you he was talking about this. You know, He may have. Yeah. I need to ask Thomas about it. People huh. getting, getting lit up in the parking lot with him. Well. I think. Uh, okay, look. <laughs> I think maybe people should just be a little bit tougher. Well, I mean, come on. If you're we walking, shot each other with BB guns well, when we were say, little. Whatever happened to a good old BB gun war, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, this would solve a lot of these problems. But if I'm you're walking sure. down the street unmolested <laughs> here, or you're out here in the cold sack playing with your kids, and somebody rolls by and starts shooting you with some Orbeez, it probably make you a little mad, don't you mm-hmm. think? Especially if they caught Josiah like right in his cheek with one or something, you know? Yeah, but that all that makes us stronger, though. I'm going to sure. share something with you, John. My oldest son loves Nerf guns, uh-huh. and I'm all and I like Nerf guns too. That's Nerf guns are great. Sure, I would recommend them to anybody. Yeah, but when he gets out the Nerf guns and he's wanting to start playing them, uh, his Mimi and his mama. Make him wear safety glasses. Oh, for real? And I die a little bit inside. You don't override them. Every time I try. You just need to override them. And and every time that happens, I think, you know what? We deserve to lose a war. (laughs) Like, if war comes, we don't deserve to win. We should lose. Like, what cooler story could you have as an adult? Wearing a patch over your eye is yeah, I lost my eye in a Nerf gun battle. In a Nerf gun right, battle. you know, yeah, hey, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'd override that. Yeah, um, the next great war, America will not emerge victorious, well, and we, we have only ourselves to blame. True. Well, we may because cops have extra military gear, <laughs> and they're giving it away to Ukraine's freedom fighters. Which may or may not be Nazis, from what I'm reading online. <laughs> have you read that online? I have. Like apparently, I mean, I've seen some alarming pictures of like Ukrainian flags with swastikas on them. But you never know what's propaganda right. or not. Well, we do know Hunter Biden's laptop was not propaganda. That's true. That we, that's not even a story. Week. But the the New York Times. Yeah. They have, if you, I think it was like page 20. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hunter Biden, he is being investigated on some fraud charges. Yeah. And part of the reason he's being investigated is because of emails that were discovered on a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say it was the laptop, but for everyone listening at home, it, yes, it was it's that the laptop. It was that laptop. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
And they took down like people's Twitter accounts back when that story was breaking because yeah, they, they were just, like, "This they, is misinformation." Which and, I think the stri- I think there is suffered from the Streisand effect. There's a yeah. lot of people who would have never heard that story sure. if Facebook and Twitter had been like, "You cannot report right. this story." Yeah, it's convenient that all that they suppress it right before the election. But whatever. <laughs> I mean, surely. There's nothing nefarious going on, though. But right. it turns out that the laptop is absolutely legit. 100%, 100% legit. Yeah. Real. Yeah. The yeah. guy who said he dropped it off was right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Who would imagine a crackhead would drop off a laptop and forget to pick it up? Well, I mean, the guy the guy who had the shop, I mean, he had a paper trail. Yeah, right. he, had he had tickets had all the and everything, receipts. Right. But no, it was Russian disinformation. <laughs> <laughs> people wonder why nobody trusts the media you know like yeah. they blame donald trump for it all yeah. but people were like this before donald trump came right. around you Don- know? donald trump was the guy who came out and said you know y'all are, y'all yeah, y'all. are some lying mother effers <laughs> right. that's exactly right <laughs> and then people are like oh he's being mean to the media he doesn't respect <laughs> yeah. the first amendment but then the stuff like this happens all the time. It well, has maybe, been for years. Maybe the media, if they want everyone to believe them, they right. should work towards reestablishing their journalistic credibility. Yes, right. Yeah, that would be the thing to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you want viewers, maybe report things down the middle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, on both sides, really. Yeah. Anyways, let's get back to cops. Cops love military gear. For years, they've cultivated a mindset that pits them against the public in a war against crime a war that justifies any collateral damage to the public and its trust in its protectors. The federal government has embraced this combative combative stance, handing out excess military gear to law enforcement agencies. We've all seen it. Like some, like a town like FET, their sheriff department will have an MRAP or something, you know? You're like, why do you need that in a 5,000-person town? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it says the transfer of military powers costs li- literally nothing uh, if you don't count the public's trust. It says if you've got a self-proclaimed war in your hands, the only solution is war gear, and it's all free, free as in taxpayers are paying for it, of course. <laughs> um, so now the Russian government has turned uh, seemingly the entire world against it, which is – I saw that they were, like, taking – who was the first Russian cosmonaut? They were like taking him off of some plaque or something. Oh, really? He's like the first man in space. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, no, we're taking his name off of this plaque. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, they've they been killing Russia. Man. Uh, and he's like dead. Like, nothing to do with this. Wow. <laughs> he was the first man in space. Uh, it says, so, uh, man, this, this article is crazy. So turns out Ukraine's government has been asking for help and cops are stepping up to contribute. If you've already obtained it for free and found it's far more, it's far more than you actually need to engage in local law enforcement efforts. Why not give it to an entity far more deserving of U.S. military largesse? Uh, Law enforcement agencies in several states have announced in recent days that they're donating dozens of pieces of body armor uh, ballistic helmets and vests. Some of the departments and their respective local partners, one of which is a top defense contractor with the U.S. and Ukrainian government, says the donations will be distributed to Ukrainian citizens under siege by Russian military. These agencies aren't sacrificing gear needed by their own officers for the greater good. 
These agencies are giving away excess military gear they don't actually need, but were able to acquire because oversight of this Defense Department program is almost non-existent. So mm. they've just been shipping stuff. You know, right. Down at the old police department, you get a box in once a week. You're like, oh, more bulletproof vest or whatever. It seems like it's just such bad timing because, you know, the military had tons yeah. of of uh, equipment that they could have given Ukraine, but they gave it all to the Taliban That's for right. some reason. We let the Taliban have it. Dad it. My question is, why is our government not selling this used stuff to smaller countries anyways? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I thought that they did. Be, did they not? Well, I think we sell them new stuff. Okay. At least the defense contractors do. But I would think our used stuff, we would turn around, even down to helmets and bulletproof vests, and mm-hmm. you go to Ukraine or whatever and go, hey, yeah, give me $50,000. We'll send you a shipment for it. While we're at it, how about we put a lot of it in military surplus stores? Sure. That'd be great. to the public. Well, they don't want us to have it. <laughs> you know, they're already trying to take our guns, Tiny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you don't do that, but. We're just handing it out to police departments left and right. Mm-hmm. And they were like, wow, why are our police so aggressive? Well, because they're like, <laughs> they think they're in the military now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was going to say, you give a guy a bulletproof vest and a helmet, at some point he's going to put it on. Yeah. And an MRAP to drive around <laughs> in, you know? Yeah. That flashbang grenades and everything else. Yeah, I don't remember who it was, but I heard somebody... The militarization of the police. Yeah. That's a huge talking point online. It is. It is. And uh, it's a problem, if you ask me. Yeah. And yeah. and one of the best arguments that I ever heard someone say is if you give the police department a bunch of that equipment, they're going to use yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely they are. <laughs> absolutely they are. I mean, that's just human nature. Yeah. So, well, you know. I, they're not asking me to make decisions on any of this stuff, but they should, because I'd be like, let's sell this <laughs> to some other country that needs it, you yeah, know, yeah. that has a threat to his, you know, Taiwan or whatever. We need to be sending stuff over there. Can't wait for them to get invaded. It's going to be great. <laughs> World War Three is going to be off the chain. That'll be good. Do you think the uh, Do you think the gloves are going to be off, or do you think we're still going to hold back? Oh, we'll hold back as the people. I hope so, the people, because we could. Potentially end all life on planet Earth yeah, right. if we wanted to. Well, but we can't stomach what it would take to win a war. You know, we've demonstrated that in 20 years of Middle East conflicts, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we just can't. The, the United States public can't take the United States being mean enough to win a war. So yeah. we, we'll keep our gloves. We'll, we'll hold back as much as it possible. It turns out you can absolutely break a man's spirit. Yeah. But it is far more difficult to break their will. What, what I've decided, I you can break their body, you can't break their spirit. That's what I'm trying to say. What I've decided, Tiny, in these perilous times where our country is at odds within itself, you know, not as bad as it's ever been because we have had a civil war. The one thing we need to bring us back is a foreign power to try to invade us, and then we would unite and crush them as a populace. You know? I don't know. I think we would lose. Oh, I don't, we might. We might, but we'd make, we'd make it tough on them. We wouldn't have enough safety glasses for everybody. <laughs> I think that we would do okay in certain pockets. Yeah. You know, when when you get rural out in this flyover country that nobody pays attention to unless, like, you know, Alabama's trying to elect a senator who taught the girls at the mall, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time people pay attention to us down here. Yeah. Or we win, like, a national championship <laughs> in some sport. That's about it. Yeah, uh, we, we'd do pretty good, you know. 
I will say that anytime a a foreign nation is invaded, like and they're on the home turf, yeah. I mean, all they got to do to win is just last longer. That's right. Yeah, it's a huge <laughs> advantage to be on your home yes. field. Yeah. yeah, there's a huge advantage. We learned that Vietnam. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they told us to get on out. Yeah. Learned it in Afghanistan. So, I mean, if there is one, if there is one of the other dudes still breathing, yeah. hiding out there somewhere, that they're winning. Yeah, right. Know? I mean, that's it. <laughs> Let's talk about Cajun Curl. Let's do it. We want to thank them for their support. Check out world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice on their website, CajunCurl.com. And you can order the spice while you're there on their website. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's the seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and anything else you can think of putting it on. On the website, CajunCurl.com, you can order the original Bayou Blended Spice, and you'll find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it today. Here locally, it's available at Vowles Fresh Market on Skyland Boulevard, South's Finest Meats, The Piggly Wiggly on Lurling Wallace in Northport, and Mark's Mart in downtown Northport. All of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, low salt, and it has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you pay full price. That's right. All right, John. How about we hear from the public? Okay. We got a call this week from a familiar voice. Okay. Hey guys, it's Jacqueline. Uh, no, I haven't been uh, calling in in a while. This winter has just been crazy and, oh, with, you know, a lot of mental health issues going on because I am one of those people that's terrified that this is going to be all nuclear war and stuff. So hopefully by the time this airs, uh, either we'll all be dead in a nuclear explosion or uh, this war thing will be over and uh, something, you know, good will come of it. I'm uh, not sure. Um, it's funny that you mentioned um, about my interaction with the truckers, uh, with the Canadian convoy, the Freedom Convoy, as we called it. Uh, anyways, uh, you may be able to tell which side of the debate I'm on regarding the Canadian Freedom Convoy. Anyways, uh, in the small city that I live in, there was a, a few that were driving around. And uh, I was driving my, my vehicle with my husband one day, and uh, I managed to flip one of them off and yell some rather, you know, not nice things, but trying to be educational, but also really, I was rude. <laughs> I'm sure you educated <laughs> yes. those truckers. Right. <laughs> I bet they I bet they turned that truck right around when she did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so anyways, I did that, and the woman blew kisses back at me. So, you know, uh, I guess it was not necessarily a negative confrontation I had with the trucker convoy, but anyway, it's over now, thank God. Um, yeah, my place has been going without power for a long time. Hopefully I'll have power when I hear this again, but we've been days and days without power, and it sucks. Uh, but we do have a generator, so that's really helpful. 
Um, but oh yeah, just going back to this convoy thing now. Um, whenever I see a car driving by or truck, right, a truck driving by and there's Canadian flags on it, um, I can't tell now if they're just being super patriotic or if they're idiots. Um, so I'd like to think it's the former, but I'm convinced it's most likely the latter. Um, when you were talking about who uh, about Elon Musk fighting Vladimir Putin, um, and does the Ukraine have anyone? you know, that they could use to fight Putin instead. I'm sure some of your listeners are aware that... Uh-oh. Ran out of time? The truckers, they got her. They did. They <laughs> did. Shut her off. <laughs> they should probably get the mayor of Keith to do it. Uh, anyways, um, I had some other stuff to talk about, but I'm going on for a while now, so I will just say that I hope everyone is well. I hope everyone is alive. I hope everyone is safe and happy. And um, God bless. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Good to hear. Jack. I the power. The power must have lived. Maybe but, so. but good to know that you are okay. Yeah. No, that's great. I was getting a little worried about it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been seeing her activity on Facebook. So I knew she was alive. I just thought we may have pissed her off. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is entirely possible with yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, glad she's doing okay. Don't worry about World War Three. You know. Because one thing about World War Three is if, if nuclear war breaks out. It'll be over fast. Yeah, you're right. Well, anything to worry about. <laughs> It'll be over real fast. Yes. Uh, my neighbor. Richard? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, I was talking to him the other day, and he was talking about how super anxious he is about all this stuff. Oh, for real? Yeah, and I was just like, don't get me wrong. It is definitely concerning. But there's nothing we can do right. about that's, it. That's what I landed on, too. So, yeah. well... I don't want to get involved. You know, I don't want the United States to get involved with this at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate it for the Ukrainian people, but we got a lot on our plate right now. You know, right. We got some stuff we need to take care of around here. You know, that's, but if World War Three breaks out, um, I'm not too worried about it because, like I say, it'll be over before you know it. Mm-hmm. You know, all it takes is one person lobbing and one nuke, and it's over with. Yeah, because once one nuke gets lobbed, a bunch they of all them. get lobbed. Everybody's sending them. <laughs> this is like the cops with that military gear. They've been waiting for like 50 years to use a nuke. You know? Yeah. So as soon as they get the chance, you know they're hitting the button. Mm. Just like to point out, Donald Trump didn't get us in World War III. You know? <laughs> That's what they said he they was going to do. Was gonna, they said he was going to do it. How can we allow him to have the nuclear codes and all that? And here we are. <laughs> After he's gone on the verge of World War <laughs> Three. Yeah. yeah. He, fact, was, he got us out of war. He was you supposed know? to start World War Three. Yeah. Turns out he did. I'd like <laughs> to see didn't. a lot of people apologize about that. You know? Like yeah. I, the same people who need to apologize about that are the same people who need to apologize about the COVID outbreak that was gonna happen after we celebrated the national championship down <laughs> yeah. on the strip. And all those people down there were going nuts on social media. Yeah. Y'all need to issue some apologies. Y'all never do, you know? Did you know that a person bought Tom Brady's final touchdown? Uh, ball. I saw that. For a lot of money last week, just before Tom came out of retirement. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Spent like $500,000 on it. I guess that means Tom can deflate the value of football. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. <laughs> Who sent that? Shout out to Portland Pat. Okay. <laughs> he sent that one in. <laughs> that's a good one. 
<laughs> People forget Tom Brady's a cheater. <laughs> yeah. a big time cheater. You know, you know who else did that, don't you? Who? Blaine Kiffin. Oh, that's he right. He did that yeah. at USC. That's right. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. true. That was Deflate Gate before Deflate Gate. Yeah, it didn't make us bigger. <laughs> when you have like the greatest quarterback of all time doing that, then that makes some headlines. Plus, everybody hates the Patriots back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Well, how about some questions? Okay. All right. And now it's time for Ask John Questions About Stuff. We like to ask John questions on this show. If you have any questions for John, you can go to our Discord server, link in the show notes. Our first question comes from the driver. What was the price of gas when you got your license? If I remember correctly, it was 99 cents a gallon. I remember getting gas for 99 cents yeah. a gallon. It may have been like 95, but in my mind, 99 cents is what sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Man. It's good old days. <laughs> I remember... I remember the first time I ever saw gas hit a dollar forty, and thinking that was ridiculous. Oh, I know. Like, I know. oh my goodness, can you believe I paid a dollar forty for gas? <laughs> well, it's crazy. I start walking everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, it's it is what it is. Our next question comes from Nicole. She says, "Even though you are a man of means, are there still situations where you find yourself being needlessly thrifty?" I am needlessly thrifty. I really am. Is that how you became super wealthy? Yeah. Like rich people didn't get rich because they spend money. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. spend on frivolous stuff. You yeah. spend money to make money. That's a different thing. But yeah, I, we don't spend money on anything. Mm-hmm. Like we went to Chattanooga for three days, right? Right. We spent a good bit of money on that. Okay. That's the first place we've been in like forever. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't take a lot of vacations. The last don't. trip was uh, DC, right? Was that the last one y'all took? Yeah, that was like three, three years yeah. ago. You know, I mean, we may have fit a beach trip in in between there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dieter and I went to Grand Cayman, but that was pretty much free. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. We don't spend a lot of money. I have. I'm sure y'all's grocery. Y'all probably eat all generic. We eat a lot of well. <laughs> Dieter's a little princess. Okay. <laughs> I grew up eating all generic, <laughs> yeah. like straight up in the yellow and black box or white and black box that just said like, you know, corn flakes or whatever yeah. on it. That's it what comes I off that bottom shelf yeah. or that tippy, tippy top yeah. shelf. Nothing in the middle. <laughs> uh, Deidre likes some name brand stuff, okay. but we don't like I at work. Okay. I wear, mm-hmm. I've worn the same clothes for like five years. You know, I rarely mm-hmm. ever buy anything for myself. I don't. Dieter doesn't either. We will like save ketchup packets. I mean, we use those. <laughs> we use all kind of. We're just we're cheap people, yeah. You know, and by doing that, when you we can want, wear a three thousand dollar watch. Well, when I want a two thousand dollar watch, I got two thousand dollars to go buy. Right. You know, like that's the thing. Which is like what maybe twice a, a year, three no, times a I year. Don't, I don't buy watches that often. <laughs> I have got my eye on another one, but I haven't pulled a trigger on it. I don't know if this is true, but in my head, it's like that scene in uh, Doctor Strange before he he got his powers when he like uh, he was like a super wealthy surgeon and he goes to the... I've never his, seen this movie, so I don't know. He goes to his closet and he's just got like an entire wall of watches. Okay. And he's got like some helper like picking one out for him. Okay. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't have a, a extensive watch collection. I got a friend who has several that are like worth more than 
the cars we drive, you know, <laughs> my children. <laughs> yeah. And I would ask, you know, like he's offered to loan me some, but I've never taken him up on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I had a special event or something, I might get one, but I'm not getting inducted into any hall of fames <laughs> or anything. Like Giovanni, who's uh Shane's good friend who owns jalapenos. He got inducted into like the Tuscaloosa citizens hall of fame or did whatever. not know that was a thing. Yeah. Or whatever it is, you know, cause he's successful business, business owner, Great story. Immigrated to this country, Mm -hmm. has built a restaurant empire and all that. Like, awesome. Great guy. People like that get inducted into Hall of Fame. And they're not going to put, I was going to say, and they're not going to put Northport's most famous podcasters in there. No, we're going to have to get way more famous. (laughs) Well, you would think Northport Podcasters is so niche. Yeah. That if it just existed, how do we not get into that? (laughs) I don't know. What about that guy? What was his name? He used to go to our church. He had a podcast for a while. I thought he was like going to be a musician. He rented a billboard one time. What was his oh, name? Oh, dude. Didn't he have a podcast? <laughs> he had one episode of a podcast. Okay. It's tough. Maybe two episodes. T- this podcast in <laughs> life ain't for everybody. I think it's easy until <laughs> you get started. You know? Yeah. You just can't do it. It, it takes special breed. <laughs> Credit to us, by the way. I was about to say, I think at some point, everybody at this point has started a podcast yeah, at some right. point. The key is, do you do more than 10 episodes? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep it. It's rare. It. Yeah. All right. Our last question comes from That's Our Babo. In a grada da vida, long version or short short version? Okay. I'm sure I said that wrong. You 100% said it correct. Okay. <laughs> it was 100% right. And well, Do you I, like the long one or do you like the short one? <laughs> I like the long one. I need a good organ solo in there for me. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's a song by Iron Butterflies, the okay. name of the band. You would know it if you heard it. Oh, I assumed maybe it was one of those uh, operas or something that no. you were listening to that made you cry. No, well, I will. <laughs> that caused you to get lucky later on. <laughs> look, look, <laughs> sometimes things move me to tears. I'm not afraid to say that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes something is so perfect mm-hmm. that it will make me shed a tear. And that's great. Like I had that moment out at Moundville. We were looking at the stars. I'm out there with my son. You know, like everything's quiet. You just hear all nature around me. I'm looking at this vast universe, you know, and have somehow at this point in time managed to have a great wife and a great family. And I just, I mean, I just shit a little. Crying. I, not, I didn't cry, cry like <laughs> sobbing. Now, I will sob sometimes too. Okay. I'm not afraid to say I cry, but I, just like a couple of tears, just I was laying on my back, you huh. know. Couple of tears just trickled down my cheek. I had Hudson right there, and I was like, "Man, this is like it doesn't get it. Like, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. Like, this is perfect. You did a number huh. to bring everything to this moment. You know, you great. and Mike two yeah. peas in a pod. <laughs> <laughs> Mike cries about different things than I do. You know, <laughs> like he will cry because somebody else is hurting, and I'm just like, I'll pretend to <laughs> not even see that. You know, I cry." When things are going so perfect for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or somebody else does something that's just perfect. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's, a, it's amazing. Huh. You, you get to see or hear something or experience something that is like beautiful. And like for that moment, it is as beautiful as it's ever going to be in the world. How can you not shed a tear over it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's, I'm just that way. It's hmm. fine. I'm an emotional person. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess I guess I'm just not. You're dead inside. <laughs> I'm dead Tony. inside. You've been beat down by life. I cried at my father's funeral. Yeah, I was there for that one. <laughs> and I cried at my wedding. Oh, you did? I did. I did not cry Tara at my wedding. Never shed a tear. <laughs> when <laughs> she knew she had maybe made some questionable decisions. My anniversary, but I knew I was up. getting it good. My anniversary is this week, by the way. I haven't got my wife anything because we're cheap. She ain't got me anything <laughs> either. It's fine. But when we were saying our vows and I was reciting mine, you know, <laughs> she started tearing up. And I honestly was like, she's about to be like, I can't do this. You know, <laughs> like I'm marrying a guy that I don't need to get mixed up with. You know, like I'm, it's finally the realization that hit her. Well, apparently it worked out for her. Well, I mean, it, had, it hadn't been an house, easy ride got for the her. Big house in Bell Mead. It had been it worked an, out. It worked out eventually. It hadn't been an easy ride for her, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like she's had. It's not always our. I would say our relationship has been easy. That we don't fight. Mm-hmm. We agree on just about everything. She doesn't give me a hard time. She don't nag. You know, all the classic things when guys are talking about their wives. My wife really doesn't do any of that, you know. But I've also lost all our money before. <laughs> hey, it's you not know. how you start, it's how you finish. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm like, you know, have a temper sometimes and we'll say things that aren't really cool. Like, I'll leave our whole family because our <laughs> shower curtain fell. Yeah. You're going to get some of that mixed in there, right? So she hadn't had it easy, but. It's worked out pretty well. Don't make me start crying on a podcast. All right. <laughs> That's going to be my I'm goal. Sentimental. It's 20 years we've been married. We've been together 28, almost 29 years. Uh-huh. Oh, April 30th will be the anniversary of our first date. Well, as this free show draws to a close, we need to thank our patrons. We thank each and every one of you so much for supporting us and supporting what we do. I would like to thank by name those who donate at the 10 or above tier. And those fine, fine people are Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. James White, Ms. Angela Pinto, Ms. Kara Wisco, Ms. Sherry Heron, Mr. Chris Payne, Mr. Derek Reeves, Mr. Hank Hernandez, Mr. J.D. Westfall, Ms. Jane Updegraff, Ms. Jacqueline B., Mr. Shane Brownwalker White, Ms. Sharon Craig, Mr. Todd Glover, Mr. Tyler Bond, and Mr. Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. Mick Will. Yeah. We thank you again so much for supporting us. If you would like to become a patron, we have several tiers, but the $5 tier gets you an extended show every week, and it occasionally gets you uh, patrons-exclusive shows. You can find that at www.patreon.com slash earthoddity. Extend your oddity. Extend it. And speaking of extensions, what do we got coming up in the extension today? I got another marital spat we're going to talk about. Okay. I have a woman who had a UT, UTI. Okay. But it turns out it was actually uh, much worse than that. Okay. <laughs> All right. That happens. <laughs> and maybe this was even a miracle, John. Sure. I, am, I read two articles from two different sources on yeah. this news story, and I am as confused now <laughs> as I was before I looked it up. Well, I didn't bring this up earlier. It just popped in my brain. I uh, got a letter from the IRS who says instead of $140, which we paid in taxes this year, now they're saying we owe $1,400. So they're like, hey, <laughs> that y'all ain't nothing to you. Made an error on us. <laughs> so we, I got to go talk to my accountant about this. I was this. just fixing to say, do y'all do y'all's own taxes? No, or, okay. I'll never do my own taxes. <laughs> I'm not going to get mixed up in that. Yeah. You have anything else? 
No, other than if the accountant made a thing, I'm going to be like, look, now, do we get a refund? Because we paid you for it to be right. Right. You know, like, and if you did something wrong, then I I need to get some of that $400 back. You know, mm-hmm. just bring it home. Like, whatever, I'll take a half or anything like that. Now, we'll see how that goes. This is going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> uh, but I don't have anything else other than I will now be in a battle with the IRS over $1,400. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just meet, just tell them straight up. If you try to take any money, I will invade Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them freezing my bank account, you know, or something. Well, if you had that money in crypto, no, you wouldn't know. be able to freeze Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it in crypto. You can't pay taxes with crypto, can you? You pay taxes on crypto. Uh, can I, will the IRS accept a Bitcoin? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Yeah. But you can buy a Tesla with Bitcoin. Okay. So well, there you go. There you go. When's yours coming? Have you ordered one? I don't have enough. <laughs> I don't have, have you ever? I don't have a Bitcoin. Do you know who Blake Bortles is? No. So Blake Bortles is a quarterback, or he was. I, I, he may be on a roster now. He was a quarterback for the Jaguars, and he got traded like the Rams. Mm-hmm. And he was out there one night, and he was like, I should get an electric car. It would keep me from having to go to the gas station. I go to the gas station. I buy chewing tobacco and then so i can quit dipping and all that so he went on the tesla thing and like designed his car and he was like he didn't realize he was purchasing one but somehow he purchased one and they like immediately called him were like hey mr Bortles, we'll have your car ready in like two days from now <laughs> and he was like so that's how i ended up being a tesla owner i was just hmm. goofing off one night so that those people have money i don't have money like that yeah you and your bitcoins might though <laughs> maybe one day yeah <laughs> There's a there's a crypto winter coming, so oh there it's is probably gonna be long term a yeah. crypto winter. Yes, oh, you know we just got it goes th- in four year cycles. Okay. by the way yeah. we just got through. I just realized this when you said it. We just got through Biden's like long dark winter of death or whatever he was describing. You remember when he said all that? Uh uh-uh. oh. Oh yeah, it was like you know a winter's coming and it's gonna be bad. And who know, said that? Biden, our oh, president. Oh yeah, that's right. He did we, say that. We made it through it. <laughs> Do you think he was? <laughs> it's springtime. Well, maybe he was talking about the crypto winter. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. Especially when they develop their United States government cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even start. Oh, it's coming because of people like you, Tiny. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us, no matter where you get us, whether you get us from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on all those. If you would like to write into the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore earthoddity on Twitter. We've got some show art. You can check that out, underscore earthoddity on Instagram. We have a Discord server link in the show notes, and we have a phone number that you can call or text. What's that phone number? That's 662-493-2059. That's 662-493-2059. We hope everyone out there has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. been a very odd production. Thanks for listening.
What up, Odd Squad? Here we are, another patron's extension. Thank you so much for supporting what we do and joining us now. <laughs> I was trying to think of some way to, to <laughs> inch, some kind of intro, but uh, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I can go through some of my random thoughts if you want me to. Okay.